Awesome, y'all can have a seat. Hey, before we start, I want to just uh, share some news with you that, that I would like to, to start up by praying for our brother. If you know Gabriel Colegio, you may, a lot of you may know him here. He is currently in San Antonio right now. Spoke with his dad today, so he gave me permission to share this. He just has some, some things going on in his body, and he's getting like uh, some... some uh, what are, they, what are they called? CAT scans or something like that, MRI? Something like that. Some sort of testing uh, to see if there's anything wrong there. And if there is, then they'll have to remove it. They're praying that it's nothing too serious. But I just want to take a moment for us to pray as a student body because we believe in the power of prayer. We just ask that, let's pray, as we pray right now, that we would just ask God to give the family peace and comfort, safe travel as they come back and, and give the doctors wisdom and discernment and all that. So we could just take a moment. Let's pray together for, for Gabriel as a student body. I'll give, you all, I'll give you all a moment right now to do that in your own. And then, and then I'll pray for us. So let's, let's just take a moment to pray for, for Gabriel. Father, we come to you in boldness and, and just uh, knowing who you are, that you are a God who's so powerful, so great. And, and we pray, Jesus, that right now, uh, you would have your hands on the Colegio family, on Gabriel, as, as the doctors uh, do some, some tests, some screenings uh, of his body, and that whatever it is, Father, that ultimately you would give them peace and comfort, Jesus, and we believe that you could do amazing things, Father, and so we pray, Father, for, for whatever it is that there would be healing, if it's in your will, that we would uh, see Gabriel soon, that everything would come out okay. And that ultimately, Father, that, that you would give us also peace and comfort and that we would be a church that would love and support their family amidst all of this. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in your power, God. So help us to continue to be spiritually disciplined even in this time to just pray and that we would pray fervently and that we would be fervent in the spirit as you call us to be in the book of Romans. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for doing that with us. Hey, so we're, we're concluding our, our series tonight in the series of, of being called and how we've been going over the different things. Like we started off talking about how important it is for us to be disciples. Last week, we talked about the great commission, right? Of, of how God sends us, his people to be disciples, but to also make disciples. And tonight we're continuing that, that idea and concluding it specifically with you though, and the importance of how you, especially those in the room that have surrendered their lives to Jesus, how important it is that you would share that story with, with many people. Last night at our young adult gathering, I was talking to a friend of mine and this person was, was asking me, hey, what seminaries do you recommend? If you don't know what seminary is, seminary is just a school where, where people go to study more in depth the Bible, get degrees in like theology or, or Christian ministries or, or, or missions and stuff like that. You study specifically for that. He's asking me, hey, I, I feel called to full-time ministry. I, I, wanna, I wanna go to the school. I wanna know what degree do you think I should take? What, what, what can I do so that I can be a full-time missionary? And, and I stopped for a moment because there are so many people in my life that didn't go to seminary, that don't have degrees in theology or whatnot, that have blessed me so much. And the way that they blessed me was through the way that they loved the Lord and the way that they lived out their love for the Lord. 
And I told this person, I encouraged him, and give me wrong, like, please hear me. There's nothing wrong with going. I think it's great. If you want to go to seminary, maybe some of you are thinking about that. And I told this person, yeah, it's great that you want to go. Just, just let me assure you that you are already called to full-time ministry. You are already called to be a missionary wherever you go, wherever you are. You don't need degrees or whatnot to receive a calling and to be qualified to be a missionary. You already are. If you have a story, you, you, and I ask them, you, you, you repent and believe in Jesus? Yeah. You, you love the Lord? You want to share the gospel? Yeah. Great. Go do it. Go do it. You have a story. Share it. You don't need, right? Well, again, while it's good, I'm not discouraging anybody, but you don't need that to be a professional speaker, to be a professional sharer of the gospel. And I really want to emphasize how, how we don't need to be professionals, okay, to share with others about Jesus. We just need to live our lives faithfully, day in and day out, as citizens of another kingdom, okay? Not citizens of USA, but citizens of a higher kingdom than that, and that people will notice when we live that out. They may, may, they may even come to know God through, the, through that way just by the way we live our lives. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. Give you a minute to get there. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. Some background. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. This letter has many sections. It's a great, great letter. A lot of uh, scholars and theologians consider Romans to be Paul's greatest work in terms of the gospel and, and theology and, and, and salvation and all that good stuff, but also a great letter for correction, for edifying, right? Building up the church. And verses nine through 15 says this, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him? They, if they, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Okay. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have a story. It's the first thing you need to know. If you have given your life to Jesus, you have a story. Okay. And this story is literally the greatest story of your entire existence because it is the story of how you came to life. It's the story of how you were once, once dead, walking around like a zombie, but now you're fully alive, leave, living in the sweetness of Jesus, Jesus's love and grace. Again, verses nine through 11, if you go back, it says this, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness. One confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Everyone who 
believes on him will not be put to shame. You have a story that you should not be ashamed of. You have a story that's literally about you coming to life, a story that is about you receiving something that you didn't deserve, a story about how you were once in this particular place in your life and how God pulled you from that. And now you're in this particular place in your life. And now you're living a life that's about Jesus, all for Jesus, okay? Many of you have been practicing your, your 15 second testimony, right? Two words that describe you before Jesus, before I was broken and ashamed. Then I heard of the gospel about how Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sins, but he didn't stay dead. He resurrected, claiming to be the king of kings and validating that when he resurrected and defeated the grave. And now instead of brokenness and shame, now I have peace, right? Now I have uh, joy in my life. Two words that completely contradict what used to be before, because now I have peace and joy in my life. I have life eternally with the Father. That's a story that needs to be shared. That's a story that's beautiful and wonderful. You know, Boy Scouts are known for being prepared, right, for whatever situation. We have, we have some boys. Do we have any Boy Scouts in here? I know we have like a few of them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, ooh, Nathan, I love it, right? So you gotta be prepared, right? They teach you to be prepared for everything, right? Like always be ready. Always be ready. They carry like the appropriate tools and supplies to help them be ready for wilderness survival, right? Right? And so like one of the things that they might know about is like a Swiss army knife, right? It's like an, a Swiss army knife that has all different types of tools and shapes that, that'll help you survive in the wilderness, okay? And just like that Swiss army knife, we as believers need to be prepared at all times to give an account of the hope that we have. That's in 1 Peter 3.15, okay? We don't have to be super smart or super important. We just have to tell other people about what Jesus has done for us. So, and essentially, our tool, our Swiss army knife that we use to go out into the wild to be prepared is our testimony. That's our Swiss army knife. That's all we need is the story of what God has done in our lives. It's always important to be equipped because you never know when you have a chance to share with someone. You never know if someone comes through these doors that don't know Jesus, even if you're homeschooled or go to a Christian school or whatever, I promise you that there are people that you will encounter that need to hear your story. Verse 14 says, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? How can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? You have people in your life that need to hear your story. You have people in your life that need to hear your story. Forget about wanting to hear your story. Maybe they don't wanna hear it. Anybody ever tried to share your story and they're like, I don't wanna hear it. Does that happen to anybody? Right? It happens a lot. When you were a kid, did your parents force you to take medicine? Of course they did, right? Because they knew that without it, you would continue to be sick. In the same way, we're just called to share our story the cure for sickness that's called sin. And there are people in our life that need to hear it. It's not about want, it's about need. The doctor doesn't tell you that you're sick, you're gonna die not knowing that there was a cure the whole time. Well, I went to a conference in Atlanta a few weeks ago and uh, Jackie picked me up from the airport in Harlingen because I flew from Harlingen. And there was a guy who stops us and he goes, hey, uh, do, you, do you know where Mission is? I was like, brother, you're like an hour away from Mission. He's like, an hour away? 
I thought the valley was like, I was like, no, bro, you got it all twisted, man. Like, like the, like, like missions far away, but you know what? We're heading to mission. Do you want to, do you want a ride? We can give you a ride. And he was like, oh man, thank you so much. That would be great. Like he was here on a business trip and, and, and right away, it's so interesting how God works because on the flight back from Atlanta, I literally was like, God, I was so convicted this past week at this conference about hearing how, you know, we're, we continue, we need to continue to share. And I haven't shared with anybody in like, um, like a few months now and I'm convicted. And, and right away as we land, God gave someone for me to share with. And I wish I could tell you that at the end of the story, I shared with him and he got saved and everything. No, but, but that didn't happen. What did happen is we drove, we had good conversations. I found out about his spiritual background. His mom is Catholic. He grew up Lutheran, right? His wife was Catholic, sorry. His wife was Catholic. His mom was Lutheran, so he grew up Lutheran. And they just had differences and they decided to go to all these different churches and whatnot. We had a great conversation. And I share with them what I knew was my story and the good news of the gospel. I did my part. It's called obedience. That's all I can do. And we prayed for him and that was it. But the point is, is that there are people in your life that need to hear your story. Just like the dude that we gave a ride to from the airport. And lastly, you have a responsibility to share your story. So not only do you have a story, but there are people that need to hear your story and you have a responsibility to share that story. When you signed up and gave your life to Jesus, you signed up to share about him. You didn't just sign up to go to heaven, to get all the good stuff. You signed up to work. That's what you did. But don't get me wrong, it's the greatest job on earth that you'll ever have. I can't imagine like a greater feeling than seeing someone come to know Jesus because of our faithfulness and because of his sovereignty and, and our obedience as, as he uses us to, to plant seeds and to water seeds. Verse 15 says, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Anybody a fan of, of sneakers? Like anybody like know what preachers and sneakers are? Like that, there's like a, a, a guy who created an Instagram about preachers and sneakers. And like these preachers have like $10,000 Louis Vuitton sneakers or like, like the, the Mochas or the Travis Scott Lowe's dunks, like, and they're fire. And I'm like, yo, I want some of those. And then I look at how much they cost. I'm like $6,000, man, those feet got to be beautiful because goodness gracious, like those are some expensive shoes. And then I look at other preachers and they have like ugly shoes. They got like those loafers with like holes on the bottom, right? They got like shoes that are like pretend dunks, like pretend Nikes. Like you can, you know, they're fake. They're from like China or something. It's like, that is, those are not, those are not the mochas. I'm telling you right now, there's no way that those are the, the, the Dior <laughs> Air Ones. I know what they look like, right? I, sh- I mean, I should, I shouldn't probably know that. I'm, I'm too invested in the shoes sometimes. I just... I look at things that I can never get sometimes. And that's okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But, but think about it. There's a lot of preachers with like, don't look at my shoes. I feel like people are looking at my shoes now. Like, no, don't look at my shoes, okay? They're fake, like, they're not Air Force Ones, but they're still Nikes, okay? They're still, I still like them. They're comfortable. Anyway, but here's the thing. If you were to compare those mochas to any shoes, my shoes, I don't care. They're all beat up and dirty. I would want to know where those shoes went. I would want to know 
where have those shoes been? Because according to this, it's not about the shoes because it's about where the feet take those shoes. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but, but Jesus would look at our feet and say, those are some beautiful feet because they go and share the good news of Jesus. Those are some beautiful feet because they go and share about me. We have a responsibility to share our story. But I understand how it can be difficult, right? Because sometimes you've heard other stories that are super powerful. Oh man, God saved me from drugs of like 10 years. Oh my goodness, God saved me from like abuse and like I just overcame that, right? God saved me from alcohol of years of drunkenness and then like a lot of us in here are like, I grew up in church, <laughs> right? Like a lot of us are like, oh my, yeah, I don't have a story like that. And sometimes it can be discouraging, like, oh, okay. and do not go and try to find a story like that, okay? Do not do that because the, the point of the story isn't about necessarily how heavy you came from because at the end of the day, we're all sinners, we're all fallen, we're all broken. But if you think for one second that your story isn't as powerful, then you, in a sense, are, def are, are, uh, are putting Jesus in a lower standard, okay? I have a quote here from Megan Hill. Megan Hill is a writer for Christianity Today, which is a popular magazine. She says this, and she, she grew up in this mentality where she thought she didn't have a cool story because she grew up in the homeschool. She grew up with great parents who loved Jesus. She, she calls like loving the Lord since she was like five years old and just has the, the word written on her heart, loves Jesus. And she's like, I don't have a story like that, but listen to what she said. She said, there is no dual salvation. The son of God took on flesh to suffer and die, purchasing a people for his glory. As Gloria Furman writes, the idea that anyone's testimony of a blood-bought blood salvation could be uninteresting or unspectacular is a defamation of the work of Christ. I'll say that again. The idea that anyone's testimony of a blood-bought salvation, a salvation that was bought by his blood, could be uninteresting or unspectacular, is a defamation of the work of Christ. It's like a dismissal of what Jesus did. And she says, for myself, I cannot point to a specific day or spiritual awakening. I can point only to my Lord who says, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. My Jesus, I come. Every day I need of grace and I find myself not cast out. And this is how she ends it. She says, when I don't tell my story, I deprive the church of what should be one of the sweetest gifts. Boring stories like mine are just what the church, especially young people, need to hear. Testimonies of childhood faith have all of the elements of God's amazing grace, beginning, middle, and end. And when I look at my children, I pray that their testimonies turn out to be just as amazing as mine. What a powerful statement that if you grew up homeschooled or in the church or whatnot, that the testimony begins generations ahead. The testimony begins with God's grace and sovereignty, loving and saving your parents or your grandparents. And that created a generation that provided barriers to the sins of the world, that provided extra care for the sins of the world as they try their best, 
right? And, and while our parents aren't perfect and we understand that, and while we all have differences and things like that, the fact that we have parents, if you grew up in the church like I did, the fact that I had parents that loved me enough to shield me from some of the lies, some of the crap from the world, allows me to praise God and say, man, no, I don't have a testimony of God saving me from drugs, but I have a testimony of when he saved my grandfather from that. And that led to generations of faithfulness and love and care for my parents. So students, I'm, I wanna make sure you have enough time with your, with your C groups. Remember, you have a story, you have people in your life that need to hear your story and you have a responsibility to share that story. And as we wrap up, because next, next week, right, we, we will only have a gathering for like fellowship and a party and all that, but, but summer is just around the corner. And when we host things here in the summer, yes, we wanna have fun. Yes, we wanna play ball. Yes, I'm gonna shoot threes in your face, but, but no, that the mission is to share the gospel. This gym is gonna be full of students, full of them. Every single one of you, we've been talking about the one that you should share with. Every single one of those ones should be present in our gym on Wednesday nights throughout the summer. They should be here and they should be shared with the gospel. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I pray that we're reminded that we have an amazing story and that the story is all about you. And the reason why it's amazing and powerful is not because of, of, of us, but because of what you did and because of who you are. Help us to share that story. Help us to be reminded that we're called. Father, help us to just continue to be faithful in your words. In your name we pray, amen.